Welcome back to another edition of the EDBC podcast. Eric Dobratz, Brian Coleman. And Brian, we are thick, thick we are in the uh, playoffs of the NBA and the NHL. Uh, both the Rangers and Celtics played on Sunday. We're taping this on a Monday uh, around lunchtime. Both teams with disappointing losses. I guess we'll start with the NBA. The Celtics were uh, last night uh, halftime. I was confident. Then things just got away, right? Yeah, things just got away from them in the third quarter. Um uh, just too many, you know, and again, Golden State wasn't going to exactly roll over, especially after the, the way they lost the fourth quarter and lost the game, uh, game one the other night. Um, so I don't, yeah, I mean, Golden State just started to roll. They got the whistles going their way. The Celtics got sloppy. Their defense broke down. They had way, way, way too many turnovers. It's unbelievable how often they throw the ball away. It really is. And it's, I, you know, it's been there. This is, it's a, this is a really good team. They wouldn't be in the finals if they weren't, uh, and they do everything well. They're the type of team I told you back in the Milwaukee series when it was Milwaukee-Boston that I like that team to whoever won that series to go to the finals and maybe really maybe win the finals. And I, the Celtics just look like a playoff basketball team with the way they move the ball, their size. They can defend all over the place. They can defend any type of style, and the other players can guard multiple positions. They're, but the self-inflicted wound has been the turnovers, and that's the thing that's been killing them, and it's going to kill them in this series. They, you know, they got away with it so far, but they got to clean it up. Last night was just horrible. They they uh, they threw the basketball around. Let, let, let me ask you this, and 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 again, uh, do they really have a true point guard? No, no, they don't. And that's that's actually been one of Brad Stevens' best moves since he moved upstairs to take over. Basically, the basketball operations. It's basically he's the GM. I mean, they gave him a fancy yeah. title, like yeah. like Danny Ainge had. He like, makes the trade. He's the general manager. But one of the best things they did, and there was an article I believe in the Athletic about this over the weekend, is like, you know, the last few years, going back to Isaiah Thomas, through Kyrie Irving, and even uh, Kemba Walker, and even the early part of this this season, uh, early part of the year with Dennis Schroeder, they've had a lot. They had a lot of shoot small, undersized, shoot first point guards who are liabilities on defense mm-hmm. and you know, defensively they were going out there and playing five on four and to Brad Stevens credit, he sort of said, you know what? Screw it. Marcus is the point guard. He might not be the traditional point guard, but we're getting, and then, you know, they trade Schroeder and you see now that team, except for Peyton Pritchard, every guy on that in their rotation is big and can defend. There's no small undersized guys. And then, you know, smarts built like a truck. Yeah, and, and it's just, that's I. That's a great question by you. Is no, they don't really have the traditional point guard. Marcus Smart is the point guard, but a lot of that offense runs through Jason Tatum. Like I said, they're big, they're long, they're athletic, and they can defend at, at, at all positions, and they can defend. Yeah, and, the reason I asked that was just because when you have a pure point guard who can distribute, would that mean less turnovers? I guess is where I was getting. I don't think it does. I think it just you know that's a good question. It's a good point. But I think the fact that Tatum has become and good for him. I mean, he's ele- obviously elevated himself to sort of that superstar level. He's not. He's got one more sort of hill to climb because he he does get sloppy with the basketball. Uh, but his growth as a passer, oh, I think, sort of. So I think that sort of helps him. You know, again, like I'm not going to go. I'm not comparing the, the 22 Celtics to the Bulls of the 90s. But you know, yeah, they used to have BG Armstrong guys like that. The Bulls, or you know, later on they had a. Uh, 
Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr. But the offense often ran between Jordan and Pippen. Not yeah, like a point forward forwards. almost. Yeah, and I think that's what the Celtics do. And they've had great success with it. And they, you yep. know, they go to the basketball more. But you make a great point. Maybe not having that sort of that settle down, that steady, like I could just dribble and facilitate. Uh, that's maybe that maybe that's what you give up in that. But I I, I think so. I think it's just a little a little bit of just. I know this sounds simplistic, but they just going to make better decisions. Listen, they got when all said and done, they lost the game. Once the league got out of control, you knew the, the Celtics were going to pack it in. You got a long flight home. You're going to play they Wednesday did. now. You did what you had to do. You got a split. You now have home court. You got to win at your home court. I don't know if the Celtics home court is as big as advantage as the Golden State one appears to be, but the Celtics won there. So um, we'll see. Will they win another game in Golden State? I think they're going to have to. They want to be the champs. But we'll see. But you got to split in the first two games. Now it goes back to Boston. You'd like to see the Celtics have a big effort on Wednesday night and take a two games to one lead, put a little pressure back on Golden. Yeah, and just keep this a series. Uh, you're right. I mean, I think it'd be hard for them to hold serve at home court-wise, but uh, we'll see. Um, and again, Golden State did everything right last night, but I think there's still issues there. You know, um, Clay Thompson, I mean, I mean, this is either good or bad if you're Golden State. Clay Thompson still doesn't look like Clay Thompson of old. Now, they still blew him. They still, you know, they... Having said that, out of eight quarters of basketball, I'd say Golden State has won six of the eight quarters. Okay. They're only down. They're only the reason. The only reason they're not up two nothing is because Boston just played lights out with you know played great defense and started raining threes. They couldn't miss in the fourth quarter. So I would say, hey, if Golden State can do play like this without Clay, great. But I think at some point they're going to need him. They're going to need him. They're going to need more than Curry and occasionally Wiggins and occasionally Draymond Green going to the basket. And you'd imagine the Celtics, you know, you can't win a game when Al Horford, uh, Williams, Robert Williams, and Smart uh, score six points between the three. Can't do that, no. Especially no. Uh, especially Horford, because when he goes out there and shoots threes, that's one more guy, usually green, that has to go out and guard a guy out on the perimeter. So that's a yeah, nice Thompson was to four have. of 19 last night. Four yeah, I think he had – I thought he had eight or, 12, eight or 12 points, but it was 11. not 11, 11. Right, right in the yeah. middle. And, so. you know, I, I'm just, again, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I just, I'm so sick of Draymond Green. I know you love him if he's on your team, but is, does he have to argue every call, every foul? Does he have to put that extra shove in? He's yeah, I know. Such a jerk. I think he, uh, yeah, he does come across a jerk. And I know, like, you know, some people defend him. I think he's just, I think he's disingenuous. Yeah. I think at this point, it's not about him being like outspoken or he's got a lot to, I think at some point of, point of, the, point of this, part of this is just him playing like, I'm playing this character that gets me attention, you know, gets me on the brand. TV. The brand. Br- Thank you. He's, you know, it's his brand and it's, it's kind of a pain. So he got away with a lot of stuff last night. I know Celtics were happy. Uh, Ime Adoka after the game said the, was not happy with the officiating and the officiating was not great yeah. uh, the other night, but, uh, and there's reasons for that. That's I can get into. Sometimes when I look at the, who's officiating the game, I can tell how it's going to go. So uh, I knew the Celtics were going to have a tough time with the whistles last night. I'll just leave it at that. Meanwhile, the Rangers played last night, um, man, loved having that three fifteen puck drop in the afternoon. It was great. Oh. I don't know about you, uh, just a nice break, especially when you had the Celtics on at night. So uh, for you like to avoid family and stuff, you were basically on the couch from three o'clock to 11 o'clock last night. It's like an eight hour shift. I'm going to, I'm going to give, I'm going to go the other way. I, I know how, why they had to do it because ESPN slash ABC had both hockey and basketball last night. I hate the afternoon hockey playoff games. Come on. I want, I want a game at night. It was beautiful out yesterday here in Connecticut. Absolutely picture perfect. No, I get it. 
I get it. My kids were busy. We're like, we, you're right. But we had a really busy weekend. Kids were doing a bunch of stuff. So by three o'clock, I had just gotten home. I'm fine doing that. But like, I did the stupid thing where like with 10 minutes left in the third period, my wife goes, all right, I'm going to go take the dogs walk. Let's go. I'm like, uh, I'm not going to go right now. So sitting inside like a dork because they're not on it. I want them on at night. No, I hear you. And it's about, you know, listen, they don't want to compete for themselves. And ABC is going to do that because viewership, according to ESPN, put out today that viewership in the NBA finals in the first two games is up 37 percent from last year. Nice, a little nice something surprise. to do with the two markets that are involved. You like, yeah, two markets and yeah, the teams. I mean, the um, no offense to Giannis, but the Suns last year didn't have unless you're an NBA, pretty big NBA hardcore fan. Or, I mean, how much is Chris Paul bringing people to the, to the table? Exactly. But the Rangers yesterday, Brian, get off to a great start after a scoreless first period. They get two power play goals. You're thinking they're in business. Uh, they made it two nothing. And I think less than two minutes later, uh, Tampa scored a power play goal. After that, I think that it just you could just sense it was coming. You just had yeah. this feeling if the Rangers couldn't get that third goal to make it three to one, you knew they were going to be in trouble. It's like they were playing defense or on their heels a little bit. And that's what most of the players said after the game last night that the, the ice kind of tilted their way. Um, so listen, up to nothing, you'd love to bring that one home with a two one lead after two periods. But Shesterkin, what, had 50 something saves, I think, in the game? He yeah, was 50 saves. I mean, the- I mean, that was the thing too. They were, uh, we saw this early in the Pittsburgh series, especially in the triple overtime game. But, like, you know, Shesterkin's been awesome. But I mean, I mean, he had to be perfect yesterday to keep them in that game. Uh, I mean, he didn't allow a cheap one out of those three. And of course, the third one coming with like 41 seconds left in regulation. That's that sealed the deal. They didn't play well enough. I mean, they didn't play hard enough. They didn't play tough enough. They made Tampa look like the two time defending champions. They looked out of sorts. They made slop. And I don't want to hear about the refs and the whistles, except maybe for the one on the uh, late with Vitano when he got pushed. And this is even against the refs, it's the rule. Yeah, I've seen it a million times. It's all he gets pushed in the goalie, he's got no chance. And You're going gets, 100 miles an hour up the ice, and someone and the guy on your behind back. you pushes into the goalie. Well, why the, that? You know, so he gets called for goalie interference. Truber, the defenseman, had an awful day. He picked up three penalties, two of which resulted in power plays. Yeah. So that was sloppy from a guy who's supposed to be a veteran leader, who's supposed to be a tough guy. Sloppy play, and you know they just they just didn't do enough. They looked like I don't know, not intimidated, but they looked they looked in the third period like the young team trying to knock off the established team and Tampa knew like, Hey man, we're just gonna keep going and going and going. We're going to get this. It would have been a fluke. It would sort of would have had to have been like a fluky thing, like a fluky goal if the Rangers had escaped with that, that game last night. They, yeah, really didn't deserve, they didn't overtime. deserve it. You were praying for overtime. You're praying for overtime and, and, and sort of a lucky bounce. That would have been a lot like the first game in Carolina when the Rangers played outplayed Carolina the whole game. Yep. They tied it late. And of course, then Carolina would have been outplayed the whole damn game. It's a fluky goal in overtime. That's what you needed from the Rangers yesterday. Yep. And so see what happens tomorrow night. You know, calm, like it's a calm down. We knew this. I think really expecting this to be a sweep would have been nice. But I mean, that's would have been. I mean, but come on. I mean, these guys have been battle. They have, they have tons of playoff experience. The Rangers have barely any. I mean, this is and when you got, I mean, Kucherov, Stamkos and Andre Pilat are the three guys that and Pilat, I think, has 10 game winning goals in the playoffs during his career. So. Yeah. And Stamkos has been there for Kucherov, who was a little sloppy when the Rangers didn't take advantage. He gets a couple of really bad turnovers. Yeah, The Rangers couldn't take advantage of Stamkos. Seems like he's been there forever. So there's like guys like like you and I, not hardcore hockey nuts, but we know these guys because they're in the finals the last two years and they're always deep in the playoffs and they win. So the Rangers yep. got to, you know, they're going to have to earn this. 
So Rangers up two games to one going into their game four. Celtics uh, 1-1 in their game three. Wednesday for the Celtics, Tuesday night, tomorrow night for the uh, Rangers. Uh, Mets and Yankees, Brian. I mean, uh, Mets similar to the Yankees last weekend. The Yankees won the first two games in Tampa in a four-game set then lost the next two, and you felt awful as the Yankee fan. Mets lose the first two against the Dodgers, and you feel like, oh, God, this sucks. And they win the next two, and you're like, you're walking out of split the same result, but you feel ten times better about yourself than you did the Yankees the previous week. Both teams yeah. just continue to roll. Yeah, you feel good. I'll start with the Mets right there because, again, they're playing the Dodgers, who, you know, the consensus best team in the National League, if not baseball. And you get shut out the first night. You get one run the second night, and then you know. But you yeah, you get the last two. Uh, the last two and Sunday yesterday's game, they they get out of there in extra innings with a five four win after blowing the uh, the lead in the ninth. And I want to get to something on that uh, in a minute. And yeah, like if you're the Rangers, I mean if you're the Mets, okay, you're like this. Just yeah, okay, we get hang with the Dodgers. They have 100%. to, you know, they they got to deal with us just the same. We got to deal with them. So good for them. Now they go to San Diego, another good team, and the Yankees are just rolling. I want to stay on the Mets for a minute because you know I love this, but I don't know if you yep. saw this. I did. I was listening to it on the radio. I was on my dinner break. So last night, yesterday, eighth inning, Mets are up four to two. Dodgers have the heart of their lineup coming up, which is heart of the lineup is little because the Dodgers lineup is loaded up and down, one through nine. So Buck goes to – so then just going to like an eighth-inning guy, Buck brings in his closer, Edwin Diaz, who's been phenomenal this year. And Diaz blows him away one, two, three, and then eighth. And then I just love that because I just – I again, I know this is old school, but I'm always of like, if you have a lights-out closer, why don't you bring him in a close game when the other team's best players are up? If, why not put your best pitcher against the best hitter late in the game? Instead, they're like, oh, we got to wait to preserve a three-run. If it's three runs or less, we got to wait. Well, then we'll use them in the ninth. I don't know. I loved it. Did it work out for them? No, because Seth Lugo, who came in to try and close the game, blew it in the ninth. It worked out. They won. Even if they lost, I still thought the move was great. I'd love to see baseball get back to that sort of old-school way of thinking with how they handle the bullpen, but it's not going to happen. But at least for one day, I thought Buck made a great move. So we're calling Edwin Diaz a lights-out closer now? Is that what we're doing? He's been lights-out this year, dude. I mean, I got to say he has been. And I, I don't trust him at all. I told you, I think, I, I've said, say. I think I've said this on this podcast. I will trust Edwin Diaz when he close, when he throws, the, when he throws the third strike to get a, in a closing playoff game 100%. until that he can, he can go 60, and 0 and have an ERA of like 0.2 in the regular season. I'm not trusting him, but I got to be honest. He's been for the most part, very good this year. Yeah. Just a couple of little hiccups here and there. I, I was surprised. I know they, they met in the dugout again. I was listening to this on the radio and I heard the, uh, Howie Rose is off from the series, which bothered me. Howie, I know they get vacations, but why would you not want to go to LA? Howie, it's yeah. I don't know. Maybe you had a family thing. I, I mean, know. I know it's the FAN and SNY both make it mandatory for their guys to take vacation time during the season. That is a fact it's in their contracts. Right. Um, but why would you want to skip LA? I mean, who knows his high school graduations and problems and stuff yeah, going I mean, on. Like, so I get how he's a dad. Or, I, Howie, I understand. I mean, does Howie know they have to make like a road trip like Cincinnati? Does he aware of these things? Yeah, I know. I mean, skip the Texas uh, jaunt. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's hot there. My, my, they powwowed in the dugout after Diaz pitched the eighth. I don't know how many pitches he threw, but I was surprised they didn't send him back out there for the ninth, the way he kind of handled the eighth. That's what I was surprised about because Buck Was that brought said, up at all? I and mean, they did talk I to did, him in the dugout. I didn't hear it brought up, uh, but I know Buck has said he was going to try and occasionally start with he would, you know, he occasionally he would dip into eight, use Diaz in the eighth. Now I thought that meant stretching him out 
for a five out or even a six out save, which I thought the way, which was the way he was going yesterday. He didn't go that way. I don't, I know I'm sure people were killing him after Lugo came in and was not good. And I'm sure he would have gotten heat from people had they lost that game. I just don't have a problem with it. I mean, I'm more like, Hey, Seth Lugo, get two outs. You had a two run, get three outs, you had two run lead, get it done. Yeah, he almost gave up a game-winning home run. If he gave oh. up one home run and then just foul over the just foul. foul. Yeah, so. Well, yeah, it worked out, but I do understand you're thinking of been yelling about that for years. You know who used to do it? Tory was the one who did it with Rivera. He would bring him in with one out in the eighth and have him five out saves or, you know, yeah. four out saves. He, he routinely did that with Rivera. You're right. It's few and far between. There's too much. It's all about the micromanaging and the, the overabundance of uh, overthinking. In baseball. Yep. Meanwhile, the Yankees went six to zero in their homestand. Weird stretch though. They they they're they're home for six games against the Angels, of Detroit. Two teams going and uh, Detroit actually had won seven of nine before they got to the Yankee Stadium. Believe it or not, wheels are coming uh, the off. Have, the Angels have collapsed. Uh, Yankees go on the road for a three game series in Minnesota and then are back home this weekend again. We've talked about this before. I I would love to get the baseball scheduler on and say like what like have the Yankees play in Chicago? Go from Minnesota to Chicago. What I mean, yeah. What, what are they doing? Like, I, hey, I'm I'm still thinking about I'm I'm still trying to figure out the Mets playing their the longest and toughest road swing of the season right now. They're out, you know, ten games in California in June, right around the time it gets nice out and it gets nice here in New York with a beautiful weather in the Northeast. Yeah, why can't we go to California late April, early May? Why can't they go to California in September? Yeah, and I and I love the way they used to do it too, where they would do those. The Yankees used to go up the coast. They would yep. either start in Seattle and head south, or vice versa you know, the Anaheim, Oakland, Seattle trip. And that was always a nine or 10 game road trip day off before day off after and right. you did it twice a year. And I think we're going to go back to that next year with the balanced schedule, but um, yeah, strange quirky schedule. So the Mets are in San Diego. So they're doing San Fran, LA and San Diego. And then they're home next. Oh, they're, doing, uh, they're doing LA. They did San Fran a couple of weeks ago. That's right. So they split four in LA. They've got three in, uh, in San Diego. And then, th- then they go to, they go back up just a little, just a sketch up north back to Anaheim for three, with right. the, for three with the reeling angels to see if the angels get their stuff together when they get back home and face the Mets. And then uh, curious yeah. if Joe Madden's managing the team when they get Maybe. And, and again, be- we didn't talk about this, but uh, I know Mad Dog went off on it, and I got a really big kick out of it. Right? Otani at Yankee Stadium, two starts, ten earned runs, and four innings. I know. <laughs> so Mad Dog's thing was, can we stop comparing him to Babe Ruth, please? Can we can stop comparing to Babe Ruth for just a minute, please? <laughs> for just a minute. He went off on it. So anyway. Listen, both our teams doing well. Look, it's good to be a New York sports fan. Yankees, Mets, Rangers are all rolling. Your Celtics are in the NBA Finals. Life is good. Uh, briefly, before we take a break, I do want to mention UConn baseball. They have a winner-take-all game tonight against Maryland. If they win tonight, they will go into the Super Regional next weekend. No uh, word on where that site would be. There was an outside chance they could host it. Believe it or not, which would be amazing. Uh, yeah, we got high school, ba- high school sports championships this week. Semifinals tomorrow night. Semifinals tonight. I'll be uh, covering some high school softball tonight. And then next weekend, if you get a chance, Palmer Field, uh, Dunkin' Donuts Park, Frost, there's a great weekend for sports. That's what I'll be doing with my time. Yeah, well, that's why you know you're Mr. Connecticut sports guy. You're in an old place. You're you're giving the people the sports. All right, we're going to take a time while we come back. Uh, Brian wants to talk about a TV show that turned 20 this week. 20. And we have – I just recently watched it for the first time about six months ago. I binge watched it because I had never seen it. Um, 
I missed it, the uh, the original airing of it, but I did watch it this time. So we're going to talk about that, and then yeah, Brian's got a long birthday list to get to as well. Yeah, it's funky. Hey, you know what's not funky? Getting a good night's sleep. You need it. It's good for you. Good for your health. Good for your body. Good for everything. So let's talk about all as well. All as well. Your dream bed starts with all as well. All as well believes in the power of good night's sleep for all. It's been the guiding principle since all as well launched. We're talking about products that feature innovative technology, unbelievable comfort and support without deflating your wallet designed to make good sleep accessible to all. The all as well features hybrid mattress technology, combining the best of both worlds, memory foam, individually wrapped coils for a winning blend of comfort and support. The goal was to create an affordable mattress without sacrificing quality or luxury. And the result is the all as well queen mattress. This is a queen queen size mattress that's cost as low as 345 bucks there's other ways you can save too free shipping 10-year limited warranty 100 night risk-free trial and financing as low as zero percent apr one more way to save go to any one of our websites uh, go to any one of our podcast episodes you'll click on the edbc podcast click on the episode you want to listen to you'll see a link for allswellhome.com if you click on that link and start shopping there you will get 15 percent off your total order that's right. 15% off your total order when you shop at allswellhome.com. All you have to do is go to the link on EDBC podcast episodes and start shopping. So remember, sleep well and save well with all as well. All right, Brian. The uh, show I was referring to is The Wire, the HBO series that turned 20 this week, apparently. Uh, like I said, I, I watched it this past uh, in the spring, I guess. Whenever you were sick. Yeah, I did watch it. Like malaria or some malaria or something. <laughs> and I go back and forth. I enjoyed the show, but I would not put it up there with the Sopranos Breaking Bad. And again, it's 20 years ago. So I guess I watched it when it had already been out. So if I'd watched it in 2002, maybe I would think differently about it. I enjoyed the way it was put together, the kind of different chapters, like the book almost, the different seasons, yeah. the different um, which I didn't know. It's funny. I went, it's funny, I went into the series cold. Mm-hmm. The first season, you know, about the crime of the gangs. Then you go, what'd you go to the schools? Then the you go to the newspaper. second season, like the docs. Yeah, then the, the docs. Yeah. I didn't care mm-hmm. for the docs as much, but they all kind of tied it all together. And, right. Um, but it was a heartbreaking show. I mean, it's just so well done. Um, again, I don't know if I'd put it in my top five, but it was a great show. It's interesting because I started watching it when it first came out 20 years ago. And like, I've turned to like, I have like, I've told five or six people and like you're in one of them and you're like the least receptive because a bunch of them have said, man, you're right. This show is awesome. But like I said, listen, I quit watching the show. Like when it first came on after the second or third episode, I sort of lost interest. I went back like a few years later and started watching it. Like right before the last season started, I went and like watched the whole thing again. And I got like around, I think I was like, mm, you know, it's hard with people's attention span, but I think it took me like for the fifth or sixth episode to really get into it. And by the end of the season, uh, the first season I was locked in. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I agree. I mean, I, it's one of my, it's probably my favorite show. I understand what you're saying. Really? Different, different, different opinions. I love the show. I love the characters. I love the way it was done. Just like, it's a, it's written like a novel. And the fact that you'll see some dude in season three, like, okay, we saw you for two episodes and two seasons later, he might be a major, he or she might be a major character. I love the way it was written. I love the realism of it. Um, Alan Sepinwall, is that his, I hope I'm getting his name right. Who writes for Rolling Stone, wrote an article on it this weekend saying when it, when it, it was, when it debuted and when it, the first season, it was a show with low ratings, no stars and no real huge promotion from HBO. And now 20 years later, 
It has had some stars coming out of it, most notably uh, Michael B. Jordan, Idris Elba, who I love his character, Stringer Bell, I love his character. Um, and, and now it's like having this like lasting impact. And a lot of people have tried to copy it, as he said, but you really can't copy it because it's it's hard to digest for a lot of people and you can't sort of copy the uniqueness of it. It was uh, the, the guy who created it, David Simon, who was a crime writer for the Baltimore Sun, has said, you know, he wasn't writing to entertain you every week. It was a novel. You had to stick with it. There was a point to it all. It was based, you know, it was supposed to be based in reality. And a lot of the characters are based on real characters. Yeah, the uh, the school system one, I totally could. I mean, it just the when they were teaching to the tests, I really fell in love with the one kid who was basically adopted by the police chief uh, towards the end. Yeah. Uh, and then the drug, the, the basically the, the zone where you let them go deal their drugs in that part of the town. Just the, I, just the, uh, the process and the thought process, the mayor and the, the big political machine of how things work. And, uh, the docs one, like I said, I didn't for some reason that just didn't hook me. But the other ones, I was really into. And I, I I didn't like that one as much either, except when I rewatched the series. Actually, when I, I rewatched the series a third time because I got my wife started on it. And she's like, we just started watching it together. And then, like, she told a friend, like, I know we had some, like, a few years ago with, like, knee surgery. And I, she said, hey, can you, you, guys have, has, you guys have all this box. This is before, like, streaming. Like, can I borrow your five sets of DVDs in the wire? Like, I'm like, yeah. But my yeah. wife got over the second season. I think I understand what he was doing, saying, hey, listen, these drugs don't these drugs come from somewhere. You just don't don't purchase them. So I understand that. I know it's it such a departure from the first season, like such a left turn. Yeah. At first I was let down because I was like, whoa, whoa, who are these? Where is everybody? Where is everybody? Yeah. Um, but I thought it was well done. I really liked the third season because. I like the political aspects of it. And I think anyone, and it's not just, it's set in Baltimore and Baltimore is a huge part of the show. It's its own character. But I think even like you've been around, I don't know, you're not like a news news person. You're in the sports side of TV news, but I think anyone who like, you could see elements of Baltimore. Like if you spend any time covering like education or crime in a city like New Haven or something like that, like you see elements of that with like, yeah. you know. This Trump, you know, hey, we got the trumped up stats. Crime is down. Homicides are through the roof, but crime is down. Oh, great. That's great. Like, hey, yeah, know, and the uh, schools are improving. Yada, yada, well, yada. Are they really? Yeah. So it's a microcosm of America. Uh, I, I know he just has a new series. I haven't watched it yet. Uh, also based in Baltimore called We Own This City, which is based on some true life um, corruption that happened a few years ago. I'm going to watch that next. But I don't know. I mean, I think this series sort of stands the test of time. I think I put it up there of like Sopranos and I you know breaking bad in that in that vein it's like don't try and replicate this you can't yeah the reason i think i always put the sopranos ahead of all the other shows is because the the sopranos had the comedy along with it as well which i enjoyed you know the you you could you you i mean you fell in love with tony soprano who was a murderer right a, a nasty murderer and you fell in love with those characters because of the, you know, the the humor that went along in the in the times they're hanging out at the clubs or doing whatever, the humor to it. Where the wire wasn't like that per se. There was some humor in it, but there was some. It was like, but yeah. it wasn't. You know, it was more a little dry humor. And I I, th- I always equate the Omar, the character of Omar, um, mm-hmm. to Soprano, to Tony Soprano, because you know this guy really was amoral. Yeah. He, you know, he was a murderer. I mean, he, oh yeah, he he robbed people. Only oh, robbed from drug dealers. He didn't rob from, but you know, he was still a you know. 
not a not a hero, but people I, you just sort of wanted to root for him. And Michael and the K. famous Williams, scene in the courtroom where he goes after the lawyer when the lawyer is like, oh, a we're great scene. We're supposed so to believe you. You're living off the backs of drug dealers you. and blah, ain't you? Or whatever. Same, same as you. I got yep. the gun. You got the briefcase. Yeah. It's for all in the game. It's brilliant. That's a brilliant scene. And um, that Michael K. Williams, a freaking brilliant actor who passed away last year, was great in that role. So, but I mean, uh, anyway, if you have, if this is a good time, it is dated because it's 20 years ago. So you're going to see a lot of pagers and flip phones and, you know, but I, if you can, I say go into episode five, if you watched it, you'll be hooked. Uh, you may not love it, but I don't, you won't be bored by if you get, yeah. it, if you get, to, if you stay, we stay with, stay with it for that long. For sure. All right. The 20 years of the wire, like Brian said, if you haven't seen it, check it out. We got to take one more break and then we're going to go through Brian's list. I'm saving this last segment because I, I know we only have so much time in this Zoom call and I think there's 68 birthdays. How, what's that? Unfortunately, you don't have mine on here, by the way. Well, I know, but I don't want to. I didn't. I know you Jesus. like to stand. I know you like to be understated. So <laughs> you don't like to put the spotlight on yourself unless it's you know with the sports. All right, we're we're. I just got the running out of time Zoom. Uh, we're under the ten minute mark left, folks, because uh, we're too cheap to get the extended time. So yeah, we're not doing that. All right. Speaking of time, I, here's how you can save time. Yes. Don't what don't go out to the. Don't don't be going to the grocery store. You know, get stuff done around the house. Do some work. Let Instacart do your grocery shopping for you. Instacart delivers groceries in as fast as one hour sometimes. They connect you with personal shoppers in your area to shop and deliver groceries from your favorite stores. And not just groceries. You know, it's summer's here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Going to go out, you know, the beach, maybe take a hike, get, go to the lake, get some sunscreen. You know, Instacart can get that stuff for you. They go to places like they also shop places like Walmart. So get whatever you need for the summer. And that that's a good point. Walmart. There's lots of stores available uh, through Instacart. Shop all of your local favorites in a single order. The products that you get from your local stores, you can still get with Instacart. And another great way to save free delivery on your first order of over 35 bucks when you go to the link on any one of our EDBC podcast episodes. Click on an EDBC podcast episode. You'll see the link for Instacart.com. Click it. Sign up if you need to. Get free delivery in your first order first order over 35 bucks so shop from home and save with instacart all right brian i got to uh, preempt your birthdays for a little breaking news that just hit the wire uh half hour ago yes legendary yank this is from andrew marshan new york post yeah legendary yankees radio play-by-play man john sterling will miss 25 to 30 road games in the second half of the season as he and the team in its flagship station wfn manage his schedule the post has learned Sterling, who turns 84 on the 4th of July, will call all Yankee home games and take trips to, if you can guess, three ballparks he's going to go to for the road trips. Fenway. Boston. And City, Camden Yards and City Field. He always loved Camden Yards. Great sight lines there. Yep. Sterling was quoted as saying, it's just to recharge my batteries. I've been doing road games with teams for 52 years. I love this game, but I hate being on the road. Uh, Sterling said he's following the example of Mets broadcaster Howie Rose, who is missing some trips. Uh, Vince Scully cut down. Uh, the Yankees and WFN have identified Ryan Rucco, as long as well as some others as Ricky Ricardo. Possibility of helping fill in here. So we'll see. But John okay. Sterling, folks, cutting back on the schedule, which is long overdue. Makes sense at his age. Love John. Me- it's long overdue. I know you Yankee fans love John. Uh, makes sense though. I mean. Um- that travel can be a lot at 84. Why you don't, if you don't need to do it. And I think that's cool that they can accommodate it. So and again, yeah. I've told you this, John is, I've seen him a million times at the Yankees at the Yankees stadium up in the press box cafeterias. He's a lovely man. He will stop and chat with you. You could be a, 
He could be selling pencils on Fifth Avenue. If you come up to him, he will talk to you. He's kind to everyone. I've never heard a, a bad thing about him. So I will. Standing. I don't know why he needs pencil, but if he needs one, he's going to get one. Whatever, whatever, John. Uh, All right. Birthdays, uh, Brian. You got a bunch of them. Go ahead. What do you got, pal? What do I have? I don't even know what I have. I should probably look at this thing. All right. Have you, Dana have you Car- listened to the new podcast from this first birthday guy? No, I have not. There's so many podcasts, Eric. You know, I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought we were sort of being innovative when we started our podcast. Turns out there's a lot of them. It's called Fly on the Wall. Dana Carvey, we're talking about. Correct. Dana Carvey and uh, the other Saturday Night Live guy whose name is escaping David Spade. David Spade. Okay. They basically have former SNL guests on and they kind of talk shop about it. I got to be honest with you, I was bored out of my mind the first couple, so I Mm -hmm. never went back. and they had Chris Rock on, and they, this was before the Academy Awards, and they kept calling him Rock during the evening. Hey, Rock, talk about the time. Hey, Rock, talk about – hey, Rock. And it, it, it drove me nuts. I, I don't know why. I turned it off. I couldn't couldn't hear – I couldn't listen and call him Rock. I don't know why. It just bothered me. Okay, so, you, you, so this, I, is not, this is not a ringing endorsement for Dana Carvey's podcast. Right I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back. Okay. Next time I have a seven-hour drive somewhere, I'm going to – There you go. So, Perfect. Dana Carvey is older. Uh, I think Dana Carvey is like 60. How old? Say that again. 62? No. Wrong. What, about, what do we got? I would say. That's John McLaughlin. Uh, 67. Wow. He's a lot older than I thought. Damn. Well, you know, he was know. on SNL in the 80s, so that's a bad guess by me. Yeah, mid-80s. Right. All right. Who's next, pal? Uh, we like this guy because we love his work on Curb Your Enthusiasm. He's done some other stuff, but I don't know what it is because I only really watch him on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, he replaced Jeff Green, the uh, Larry's manager. Jeff Garland celebrating a birthday today, actually. Who also got in a little trouble lately, too, with his behavior on sets. Uh, oh, right. The other, what's the name of the show he does? I don't know. Uh, Goldbergs. Is an ABC show, too? Goldbergs. An ABC yeah. show, yeah. I guess his behavior on the set got him in a little trouble, a little suspension or something, but I, I, I don't know any more than that. Uh, okay. Jeff Garland. He is hysterical on Curb. Love He's fantastic. 258. Oh, uh, he is 64. Jeez, man, I'm way off. Wow. Yeah. No, I would have th- I thought the same thing, but uh, I mean, what Larry's in, well, like into his 70s. So, uh, yeah. All right. That's just depressing. Let's move on. Yes. Um, Heidi Klum shouldn't make us depressed, but she's also celebrating a birthday this past weekend. Told you the story a million times, sat next to her bar in New York oh City. Oh, my had God. No I didn't go to the bar store. I had a shot I at her. I had a shot at her. I had a shot at her, too, Brian. I had a shot at her. Never saw her. 57. She's not 57. How old is she? She's just turned 49. So she's younger than us. Is she younger than you? Maybe not me, pal. Take it easy. Okay. Well, she just turned 49. Are you just turning 49? Not yet, but I will be soon. Yes. Uh, I thought she was a lot older than that. All right. Go ahead. Who's next? Uh, Robert England and this guy from the 80s because you know him better if you're a child of the 80s as Freddy Krueger from all that Nightmare on Elm Street crap all those never uh, watched movies. those movies ever I think you saw the first one Johnny Depp was in the first one I'm not he's a fan in, of horror he's been in the news lately yeah a little bit I've heard something about that for something I don't care about but whatever yeah. uh yeah not in, not a not a fan of those that genre uh, me neither but Figured that's like asking me how old you know Chewbacca was. I mean, I have no idea. Seventy-five. Boom, you got one. See, you ended. Not, you were all over the place. I mean, you, you, you couldn't hit the broads. I mean, you were missing the the whole board earlier. You end on a high note. All right, that's it. That's the last one, Freddy Krueger. That, that's it. Yeah. Oh, all right, good. Beautiful. We'll have more next week. 
right, uh, listen. All right, I'm supposed to say that Eric's birthday is coming up sometime this week, I think. Thursday. Thank you. Thursday. So Thursday, he'll be he and I need clue. Okay. How am I celebrating? I'm going to see Paul McCartney at Fenway Park tomorrow night. That's outstanding. Uh, Sir Paul McCartney. That's true. Yeah. I don't think he was at the Jubilee, though, for that woman in the green dress, the queen. No, he was not at the Jubilee. I believe, uh, I think, was somebody from Judas Priest there? Maybe not. I don't remember. This is uh, well, not my I, locker. Tuesday night at uh, Historic Fenway Park, Sir, Sir Paul McCartney. Well, I wish you, hope you get nice weather. Yeah, Enjoy me it. too. I'll Thank hold you, my bro. nose while I watch it from that dreaded ballpark. But other than that. Taking the bro- I know, yeah, come on. Uh, I've never seen a concert there, but I'm sure it's lovely. You taking the message, you taking the bride, taking the wife, or no, my see? best my best friend growing up, Eric. Two Eric's are going for a ride to Boston. All right. So, so just a, just the fellas keeping the missus at home. Take care of yeah, the kids try, we'll when you guys leave, go to see a little concert. Probably leave early in the afternoon, probably around maybe around lunchtime. Try to get up there at three, four o'clock, bounce around a little bit, go check out Boston a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you know. Hit a couple of the, you know, hit a couple of the watering holes. You know, they're very cheap. Uh, yeah, little Newberry Street, maybe or something like that. Oh but, yeah, you know. that's just a little, little skip and a throw away. Outstanding. All right, bud, that'll do it for you. Will you video. enjoy it? You'll let us know how it was next week. I will. I'll have a full report next week. Hopefully, the Rangers will be uh, advancing to the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, Boston Celtics. Hopefully, have a stranglehold on their series, and the Yankees and Mets keep winning. That's all we want. Yeah, and next week again, I haven't forgotten. Next by next week, I may actually have gotten seen, uh, gotten to Maverick. Top Gun. You know, for a guy who has so much propaganda about it, you have not made any effort to go see the damn. I made some effort. Yeah, that time. Uh, The reviews are great. It's smashing. So again, when's the last time there's been a blockbuster of this portion out? Honestly, been a while. Yeah, uh, you know, maybe one of those silly cards, maybe one of those comic book movies the kids love. Other than that, I don't know. But yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk about it. All right, go back to work. I got to get Thank ready. Thank you. All right, that'll do it for this edition of the EDBC Podcast. I'm Eric Keith Bryan. Until the next time, bro. Take care. See you.